y'all, welcome back. Today joining us, we have Dr. Atiyah Nathan. She is a licensed clinical social worker and mental health therapist, and she's also a military spouse. So let's welcome Atiyah. Yes, welcome. Thank you for coming on the show today. Yes, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Okay. Yes. So (laughs) (laughs) to start us off, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself, like your background and how you landed where you are? Well, okay, I don't want to bore y'all. So I'll make um, a long story bearable. I'm originally from Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky. I graduated from the University of Louisville with an undergrad in communication. And I thought I was going to go and be a journalist because I love writing. So I took a, like, graduated, and then I took what I thought was going to be a semester off to work just to save up for grad school, and I ended up working for a boys' group home, which it's, like, embarrassing to say, but I didn't know that those really existed until my friend was like, you know, I work at this place, and we help kids who have mental health problems and cannot be in their homes right now. It's a good place just to get some experience, and I said, okay, yeah, I'll do it for a few months, and, you know, that'll be cool. I got there. Fell in love with the work. Um, and then at, the, at that point, I was like, I can't write. I need to be in the field. I need to be helping people. So I started talking to some therapists and they said, you know, you need to major in social work. This comes natural to you. And I'm like, people get paid to actually do this. Like I'm in my mind, I'm thinking this is like something that you don't make a career out of. You just volunteer and you do this. So it never crossed my mind, which goes to show how I was not exposed to mental health services, although I clearly should have been at some point, either in school or just, you know, in church, it really wasn't discussed. So I did that, ended up getting my master's in social work with a specialization in school social work. Moved to Virginia, um, started working in the schools um, and did some community mental health as well. And then actually went back to the schools as a full-time school social worker. Met this Navy guy who I just said I was not going to marry because I did not want a military man because they're never home and there was nothing <laughs> right for me and I'm strong, independent, I don't need a husband, he's not going to be there, da, da, da. Fell in love, said yes, and then Uncle Sam said, now you're moving to Mississippi. And I was like, I'm not moving to Mississippi. And it was like, oh, yeah, you're moving to Mississippi. So we've been in Mississippi since 2018. Um, And so here I am. I'm a social worker for the Department of Defense, and I also do contract therapy on the side and actually about to looking at opening my own practice called the Geode. So that's me in a nutshell. I have two kids and all that good stuff. Good, good. You know, you know what's interesting? Um, a couple of episodes back, we actually talked, we were reading this book called Think Like a Monk, um, by Jay Shetty. And when he talks about how you can find your purpose, one of the things he mentions actually is just volunteering. And I know you were saying you were actually working, but volunteering your time and giving up, you know. Sorry, servicing other people. And it's so amazing to hear you kind of say that through that action, that's kind of where you kind of landed on your purpose. It took you on a different path, you know. So um, was there anything in particular that um, during that experience that kind of caused you to realize that this is, you know, something that you want to do long term? Yeah, 
Yes, um, Christmas. So um, let's see, what year was this? I graduated from college. I can do the math. Okay, 99, 2000. We'll say around 2004. I'm going to date myself a bit. So I graduated from undergrad in 2004. So it must have been at the end of 2004, I had to work on Christmas Day at the group home. And I was so mad. And I told my mom, I was like, I cannot believe I have to work on Christmas. I should be home. Home is an hour away from, from Louisville where I was in school and where I was working. I'm from Lexington, Kentucky. And I thought, I just want to go home. My mom was like, well, you need to pray and ask God to give you a meaning, the purpose and the meaning behind you having to work on Christmas because you have made this so much about yourself and have such a narrow focus that you're going to miss the purpose of this. So I woke up Christmas morning and I was like, everyone's at home and I got to go to work and da, 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 da. It did not dawn on me. Mind you, I've been working with kids at that point for about a year. It didn't dawn on me that the kids who I worked with every single day helped to get them dressed in the morning, went to school with them, came back, fixed them snacks on Saturdays. You know, I was there all day on Saturdays and Sundays doing activities with them. It never dawned on me that these kids, little babies in my head, were going to be in that facility for Christmas. And some of those kids were able to leave. Some parents did pick up. Some um, potential foster homes picked up. But we had about six kids who were there. And I spent my Christmas being so grateful and just in awe of the fact that, you know, I grew up with my mom and dad there. I grew up expecting Christmas and, and presents and food and family to come over. And in my mind, my narrow focus, it was always, well, this is what every child has on Christmas Day. And it really opened my eyes to, no, that's not the truth. You know, they don't. And just seeing, I'll get emotional <laughs> thinking about it. But, um, oh gosh, who goes on a podcast and starts to cry? But it's, these kids. <laughs> oh, no, no, you're fine. We don't cry before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm in good company then. Mm-hmm. But, um, these kids had presents that were donated to them from different organizations. And me and a couple of workers brought in food and we cooked a big Christmas meal for them. And they were so grateful. And I was not at that time, I'm still not the best cook, but definitely was not the best cook back then. But they were so thankful for what we gave them. And, you know, just to see the little presents and toys that they they received from strangers, you know. And even looking back, that those are the same toys when they were able to leave the facility, many of them going to foster care or going to another facility that they had to pack up in a garbage bag or with donated luggage that someone gave them, like all they had would fit into maybe a drawer. And they were so thankful for what they had. And at that point, I was like, okay, this is it. I'm so like, I need to be in this field. And writing, I love writing, but it didn't give me the sense of gratitude and purpose that that one feeling on Christmas gave me. And, you know, like people talk about being a, an addict and you're chasing that high. I have spent literally the rest of my life chasing that high of what it means to throw yourself into being there for other people. But it's not a high that I get and then it's gone. It's a high that once I get it stays there because there's so much work to do. So that's that's definitely that was my I call my aha moment. That was my aha moment. It, it showed me the world was a lot bigger than just this narrow focus of what I saw right in front of me and just how skewed our thinking is like, how crazy am I to think that everyone has this type of life? Like that's crazy. And I saw it on TV. But when you really see it, 
and you're there for someone's Christmas at six or seven years old and to think that this child is in a lockdown facility with rubber rubber chairs and furniture with um, plexiglass everywhere and like this was their Christmas, but they were so thankful and so grateful for that. And so that was it for me. I haven't looked back since. Um, but even in that, like I love to write, but God has given me the opportunity to write in different ways um, and to be able to write um, even statements to, to be read in courts for people um, or to be able to write programs that can help people. So even in that, I, I just do believe that your, your gifts make room for you. And that's true. It's, it's, I, I received the best of both worlds. That's that's awesome. Wow. I mean, just going back to referencing what Candace said um, in a previous episode when we talked about what Jay Shetty said and part of that and, and finding your purpose, he said that, you know, you have to serve others and you're clearly doing that every day. You're being a ble- you were a blessing then, you know, to those kids at the group home going there on Christmas, even though you couldn't see it first. And shout out to your mom, because yes. you know, <laughs> for her giving you that wisdom to tell you to pray uh-huh. and, and think about it because you didn't see it yet. So that's right. awesome. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Thank God for a good mama. But yes, because that focus. Sometimes, you know, it just kind of reminds you of how you can see one situation one way, but people who are outside of it see a completely different way. And it just all goes back to even now, making sure your circle is tight, like mm-hmm. making sure the people that you have around you are, are tight and that they have their head on right because they're able there to see things that you may not always see. And just every day asking God to keep you humble so that you can receive that wisdom from people instead of um, having that big head and missing it like, oh, no, I got this. I know this. But sometimes you don't and you have to take the guidance from other people. So um, you say you're also right now you work for the DOD and you work um, on a daily basis with active duty service members. Is that correct? Yes, I do. So I work for the DOD with active duty service members. So it's so the military is really having a push on wanting to make sure that more mental health services are available. And so the, the traditional way of mental health where, you know, you have some type of issue, you go to the hospital to a mental health clinic and you're served. That's still there and it's still very much so needed. But also they're looking at different ways that we can bring mental health services to the members. And so I'm a part of something called the VOST, which is the Based Operational Support Team. So I'm on a team. It's uh, myself. We have a clinical psychologist, an exercise physiologist, and we also have a physical therapist. And then we have a team manager who kind of like, she's the umbrella. She gels us all together. So we look at statistics across the base, and then we embed in high-risk units. And we are there anywhere from four to six. It could even be nine months. So while we're there, we go to work with them. We um, we see what they're doing on a regular basis. We participate with them as much as possible. Um, we learn the mission of that particular unit, and we try to help them to be able to fulfill that mission. Um, if that's referring to outside services, um, teams, offering limited scope counseling, psychoeducation. Um, I do something called the boss table where like I've done a Zen table where I have different tips on how to relax if you live in the dorm instead of living at home. Um, also, we just talk about have small groups to so just talk about mental health issues and try to take the stigma off mental health. So instead of saying, oh, you have anxiety, let's call it worry. Maybe you'll talk about it a little bit more. If I say, you know, you worry a lot. Tell me more about that. And just trying to remove the stigma, because we know for military, if we say 
and not just military, but civilians too. If I say, oh, my head hurts, you know, you don't mind telling someone my head hurts. And someone will say, oh, let me give you a Tylenol. It's no big deal. But how many times do we say, you know, y'all, I'm starting to really feel down. I haven't been sleeping well or I'm overeating. Uh, we don't say that. We keep that to ourselves. Or how often do we say, y'all, I'm really lonely. Like, Stuff's starting to get to me. COVID's getting to me. I don't have family. I don't have friends here. We kind of keep it to ourselves and we, you know, hey, change it to this, somebody different when we go to work. But And then we end up suffering in silence as a result. So the whole model is to be there so that they don't have to make that step to the mental health clinic. So hopefully we're able to provide service, services to either prevent them or to identify those members who possibly do need a higher level of care and to refer them to mental health or chaplain or MPLAC or other services offered on base. No, I'm just wondering. Um, so when you got into like focusing on helping the active duty military personnel, I was just wondering, was that something that kind of came as more of an interest, obviously, after you became a military spouse or was this something you were doing beforehand? Um, Because you seem to be helping like different. I don't want to say different types of people, but almost like different groups. And I didn't know if you had like a preferred focus on, um, you know, I don't know if I don't know how that works. But if, if you personally have a preferred focus on a group that you would like to help. That's a good question. I actually, okay, so I wanted to work with kids and that's it. I was like, nope, if it's not a kid, if you're 18 and over, I don't want to help you. Like, help is my mindset. Better start to you if you're fine. I just want to have them and, and talk with them and they're cute and I can play games with them and all that good stuff. Um, but the lifestyle in terms of being a military spouse um, and having steady income was really important, too. And so the more I was speaking with my husband and, you know, talking about, you know, where do you go if you need mental health services? And he's like, oh, you know, you talk to someone. It just seemed like, honestly, he wasn't like, I'm glad he's not here, y'all, because I'm telling him I was business. He wasn't really clear about <laughs> what you should do. And I'm like, well, if you don't know what that means. Other people may not know how to access mental health services or what's documented and what's not. Or that stigma of if you go to mental health, they're going to kick you out of the military, which is not true. Um, yeah, I've, I've heard that. So, before, yeah. and speaking with that, yeah, yeah, and it, it's not true. Um, so in really talking with him, I thought, you know, why don't I just go ahead and start applying for jobs? And I heard people were like, oh, it's hard to get in with the government. You're definitely not going to get in with the government in Mississippi, which is a whole other lesson of don't listen to the naysayers. If God gives you something to do, you do it. It doesn't have to look right to anyone else. It doesn't have to look right to your husband. If God has told you to do it, you do it. So I went ahead and did it. And my husband was like, you're going to get a call. You're going to need a call. And I had a whole list of not nails, you know, not qualified, you know, they package it a nice letter. I'm like, what am I doing? So I ended up going to a social work conference. I met a wonderful lady. Her name is Carol Moraway, and she does trainings here on the coast for social workers. And I just reached out to her and I was like, I have a resume and I thought it was an okay federal resume. Can I meet with you? And she said, yeah. So I met with her. And she said, did you know that I retired as the supervisor of the VA? And I was like, what? No. So purpose. She said, oh, honey, I can do this resume in five minutes. So she showed me everything, like how to write the federal resume, which is something a lot of people don't know. I didn't know. Um, so I went through it. I got a book. I took her suggestions. I read through the book on formatting. I made a few more changes. And the next job that I applied for, I got it after I made those changes. 
Um, so shout out to her for helping me and just taking the time. That means that meant a whole lot. Still means a lot to me that she did that. Um, so jumped into that. And my first few weeks, I told my husband, I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable. I don't know military. I don't know these acronyms. I don't know any of this. I can't be myself. I was in a meeting once, and I thought I was supposed to salute someone. And they're like, you're a civilian. You don't have to salute. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I'm just a wreck. And I was like, then I convinced myself, this is not what I was supposed to do. And um, I was like, no, this, way, this is what you're supposed to do. You're about to grow because you're not used to this and it's okay but don't run just because you're not used to it you have to just you have to fight everything that you want is on the other side of of difficulty that's what that's really how I kind of live my life if I want it it's going to be difficult to get it but once you get it it's, it just means so much more so I had to like swim through the pond of difficulty and and confusion um but every step of the way I, I know that God was with me and finally got to that breakthrough point where I was like, I'm just going to be myself. Like, that's all I can be. I can be myself. I can be quirky at Um, I'm going to bring in play therapy and with these grown people who have these weapons on them. I'm going to do coloring mandalas to teach them about how to calm yourself by coloring. I thought no one's going to do this, but they did it. I'm going to do pop quizzes with candy for them. I'm just going to take what I loved about the school and put it into the military and package it in a way that's not elementary, but in a way that works for me and that I think is going to get their attention. And we've been rolling ever since then. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I, I have not had to change who I am in order to have the job. And I'm thankful for that. And, and I owe a lot of that to the support of people around me who are like, you know, we can teach you the, the acronyms that's going to come. We can teach you how to brief, but Put your own spin on how you brief. It doesn't have to be this way. You can be yourself. So it's actually worked out well. And my heart, I still love working with kids. And may one day end up going back to working with them. I don't know. But for right now, I'm definitely enjoying this, this ride. That's awesome. So going back to them. So essentially, I, I love how you guys, you said that. So you guys pretty much shadow the service members. Y'all are literally so walking days in their shoes to see exactly what you know they go through i like that because you know a lot of times right. with other therapists you don't they just you know you're going to sit on the couch and you just tell them how you feel or things like that but to actually be with them and actually go through the day-to-day tasks that they do I, I think that's that's a great um way to go about it i wanted to know um were there any like common problems um that you see with the um, service members, like, and do you have like a go-to approach that you use like frequently, like your favorite one or anything like that? Yeah, a lot of things that I see people, you know, and they'll assume like if it's military, they have their own set of problems. And, you know, we all know that they do in terms of the culture being different than what it is on the civilian side. But um, there's a book and I thought I had it on my desk and I was scanning it really quick to see if I have it. I don't, but it's called Together and I cannot think of the author of it. It'll come to me like in a strange time. But the book really talks about the importance of human connection. And that's what I've seen is the biggest, the biggest thing, really. People just need someone to talk to. Really, that's that's really what it is. People just need someone to talk to. And people, a lot of times that I've noticed, are carrying issues that no one knows about. And the moment that you show yourself to be someone that they can talk to, they can open up to, and what they talk with you about stays between you and them unless it has to go somewhere else, the minute that you gain that trust, it's like, 
tell you everything. And it's not, I can't really pinpoint there being one particular issue other than just people wanting to be heard, people needing their feelings to be validated. So really, um, I wish I had like some magical term I can, you know, I could give you, oh, I use cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but really it's active listening, um, which is something, you know, like you learn quickly when you first matriculate through school, you know, active listening, looking people in their eye, um, repeating what they said. But that really, like, it, it means a lot to people. And I realized walking in these shoes, how often people don't feel heard. There's an activity I always do with people where I'll say, you know, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? And they'll say, fine. I'll say, great. I'm horrible. So, and I'll keep going. And most times people will, they'll just stand there and they'll listen to me. And they'll never say, a few times people say, wait a minute, horrible, what's wrong with you? So I'll tell people, okay, when you go to the store later on, I want you to just pass people, you know, say hello, hey, how you doing? Good, how you doing? Bad, I'm depressed, things are going well. Just say it real quick how you would say good and see how many people stop. And they'll always come back. And I would say nine times out of 10, people will say, oh my gosh, I said that, Tia. And the guy was like, when I said, oh, I'm not good. Okay, good, have a good day. And he was like, he just kept going. He yeah. never stopped and said anything. And, I, and it's an activity that I've done, and the, the results are the same. We are so programmed just to pass by and say, that, hey, how you doing? Good. We're not really asking people how you're doing. We're just saying how you doing is like another form of saying hey or hi to someone, right? Um, so that's like an activity that's really been an eye-opener and teaching people how do you check on people. And checking on people is not always... How are you doing? Sometimes you can say, hey, what's going well with your morning today? Ask them a question that forces them to give you an answer or leave like a little note at their desk. Um, just thinking of you um, or, hey, meet me for lunch today at 11. If that doesn't work, text me a better time that works for you. Or on a Friday, what are your plans this weekend? Are you doing anything? You want to come over? We're headed to the beach. But be purposeful in how you connect with people. And we really are when we think about it. We're not. And even when I think about coming to Mississippi, I thought um, this was just going to be, I'm just going to be honest, I thought Mississippi was going to be hell and damnation and everything bad was going to happen in Mississippi. And I thought Mississippi burning. I thought Ku Klux Klan. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, everything horrible that I could think about Mississippi, I thought about it. And so when I came here, literally, I was driving. My husband was already here. My mom and I and the kids were driving. I was like shaking the closer I got. She was like, you are so worked up. And so the only thing that helped me was making those connections with people, connecting with other spouses, um, connecting with our neighbors, having people over um, for dinner. And then COVID hit. So outside. We spent so much time during COVID outside, just playing with the kids, meeting people that we didn't even know who lived in our neighborhood, just walking. And since then, having cookouts outside is, you know, just small numbers of people, but just being purposeful in how we connect with people and getting to know people. Like, I should know more about you than just your name. Right. I should be someone who, if I say I'm your friend, I should know that you're going through something. If you need something, if I'm able to give it to you, I should know that so that I can give it to you and connect you with someone who can. I shouldn't just be a Tia who you say hi and bye to in the hallway or hi or bye to in the mornings. And so really, really teaching people what it means to connect. And it just, like I said, it sounds, I wish I had like some really scientific time to get it, but that's really what it is. It's just 
how important it is just to connect with people. No, that's that's great advice. I mean, I need to take that myself. I know me and Candace, we talk about it all the time, how we're going to be more intentional about like getting out and meeting new people, you know, just because right. with the military lifestyle, you move around so much and then you just get so accustomed to being alone. So it's just like, oh, hey, you know, if we see you, hey, if not, then it is what it is. But when your husband right. is gone and stuff like that, then it's just like, oh, you're really all alone with the kids or things like that. So thank you. I will continue to work on being more intentional. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially with us, especially military spouses. It's, it's so important. And I just think about how many people do we pass, especially spouses? How many spouses do we even see on the spouse pages who are suffering in silence? Mm-hmm. That's scary when you really think about it. How many people are, have considered taking their lives? How many people are crying themselves to sleep? How many people are like, I just cannot do this anymore. I can't take it anymore. I just need a break from my kids. How many times as mothers do we need a break from our kids? But we don't tell anyone because it sounds bad, yeah. you know? And it took another spouse in Virginia to tell me, I'm sending my daughter over. You need to go to get your nails done, go to the store and go take a nap. And I'm like, no. Don't send her over. I'm fine. Meanwhile, I'm on the floor like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you're not fine. I'm sending her over. Um, shout out to Sean because she was the person who, who was like, no, I'm sending my daughter over here. And that her daughter was a teenager. And I, I was able to get through um, my first deployment because of her daughter and because mm-hmm. there were a circle of women who, who had my hand. Like, they walked me through that thing. I couldn't have done it without them. No, that's, that's real. Yeah. Having a support team in a circle yeah. is definitely important. Yes. And and knowing who's in your circle, mm-hmm. you know. Everyone can't be in your circle. I tell people all the time, you have to get to the point where your circle is so small, it's just a dot. And being okay with that dot, because you know the people that are in that dot, they got your back, yep. you know. You know that you can depend on that person no matter what. That's who you want. The Facebook people, that's, you know, that's cool, but those aren't, those aren't your doc people. There's only just a few people are really around you who you know have your back and who you feel comfortable and safe talking to. And it's easier said than done, especially because we live in a social media society where we really do start to believe these people like me. These people care about me. No, these, most of these people don't know you. You know, they don't have a connection with you. You're not going to call on them if you need someone. They're not going to text you late at night when you're going through. So not being, don't get the social media and the facade that comes along with that mixed up with the people who really are there for you. You're not true. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, because a lot of times, you know, those social, those Facebook friends <laughs> are probably scrolling and talking about you. Girl, did you see so-and-so put? <laughs> right, right. You know, I imagine they're good. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then you do the opposite. You know, for me, I have to take breaks from social media for my mental health. I cannot be on social media mm-hmm. too much because if I'm on social media too much, I start to then compare myself to what I'm seeing. Oh my gosh, man, I should be further along in this. Oh, and I'll tell my husband, "Uh, Nathan, come look at this. They just went on a trip. We never go on a trip. He's like, oh my God. (laughs) That's me. That's me. (laughs) You didn't make a trip to Cabo. 
I'm like, when we go take our vacation? They're like, we just went to Florida. That's just two hours away. I want to go on a plane somewhere. Like, but you were scaling in Florida. Like, you come on somewhere. You were happy two hours away. But now, just because she went to Cabo, now you mad about Florida. Like, right, right. Don't, don't be that person. So when I start to feel myself doing that, I'm like, mm-hmm. I have to back up. This is, this is ridiculous. And I have to be real with people because I've had friends like, Girl, you doing it big? No, I'm not. I'm I'm the little engine that could every single day. Like, don't just because I post something nice, I'm not doing it big. I'm just living the life that that God has called me to live. I'm trying to bloom where I'm planted. So, you know that that social media is a whole other discussion when it comes down to that. Um, but yes, that's that's me. I have to take steps back. Gotcha. Now going going forward, I know you mentioned that you're going to be starting a. You said your private practice soon. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit um, bit more about that? Sure. Um, As I'm over here talking, I told you I'm a talker. I'm sorry, y'all. No, no, no. You are (laughs) You make my job easier. (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. As I'm talking, I'm laughing because, you know, that's a whole other, my self-care. And I'm like, my hair is rising. Let me keep on sliding my hair back. It's rising. But... um, (laughs) So, yes. um, My new thing I'm working on is actually called the Geode. And it's geo life um, counseling. And so my focus actually is going to be on women. Um, Although I'm a licensed clinical social worker, I can see anyone. And I'm not opposed to seeing, you know, children. I told you I love children or men. um, But I really want my focus to be on women. And I see that there is a need for, for good quality counseling with women from an approach that's just relatable. Like I really do believe in relationship theory, which means being connected with your therapist and as your therapist being connected with you as my, as my client. And what that means is everyone's not going to be a good fit for me and I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea. And I'm cool with that, right? But we got to take down these walls and the stigmas. I want to be intentional with, look, this is Tia. This is me and all my quirks and who I am. Um, and this is what I can offer you as your therapist. What is it that you that you want help with? What can I be on this journey with you to help you to achieve? And so I want to do it in in the telehealth platform. Um, I think it works well, particularly for working women, for women who have kids at home um, and women who aren't always able to take time out of their day to go to an office. So being very intentional with making sure the client's a right fit, I'm a right fit for the client, um, and then setting up services where there's things to do during the week. It's not just we meet once a week for an hour. No, we're going to be checking in. I want to see, like, okay, you've got some homework to do, but it's going to be fun homework. But I'm also going to send you the reminders about your homework and see how you're doing, how's your week going. So really building that relationship with my clients. That's really what's important to me. So, um that will actually be debuting next month. So I'm excited. Oh, I'm scared. Congrats. I'm nervous. It's like <laughs> nice. you guys are the first to like officially hear about it. But <laughs> thank okay. you. So I'm really awesome. excited about that. Woo, Look at that. Look at that. Raise the roof. So yeah. Um, and that's one of those things that, you know, God gave me that vision a while ago, but I was really running from that because I was like, oh, I can't do that. You know, that imposter syndrome. I can't do that, God. Like other people can do that. I can't do that. Um, I'm not ready to do that. I don't think I know everything to do that. And, you know, 
God breaking it down. No, you don't know everything. And guess what? You're never going to know everything, but I'm going to give you what you need to know for that time, for such a time as this. So I'm thankful to God for like shoving me out of the boat and like, no, go on. Like I'm on the other side. You just got to get out of that boat. I got you. And, and that's definitely Definitely what he's done. I, when I saw the name of your podcast, Shine Sis, when I saw it, I was like, yes, that's a, I needed that. Like, that's that's so true. How often do we not shine? Right. We take our own shine away. And we'll right. uplift someone. It's crazy. Even as women, mm-hmm. we will hype up the next person. Yes, girl, do it, do it. And when it's your turn, you're like, can't you do it? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. All the time. So, no, I I went to, I want to walk the walk and talk the talk. I love motivating people. I love helping people to problem solve. But then I had to turn the mirror on myself and say, well, Tia, what is it that you're not doing? What gifts has, has God given you? that you're not then using to uplift other people all because you're scared to or because you don't feel like you're you're talented or gifted enough to. Like, you're going to make mistakes. And one of my mentors like, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you're going to mess up little. You're going to mess up big. And in between, you're going to make all these mistakes. And that's okay because the next day you're going to learn and you're not going to make that same mistake again. So that's where I'm at with it. But um, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm excited and hopefully I'll be able to connect with other military spouses, um, even spouses who are not in the military and just be that little person that they can talk to um, and take away the stigma of therapy where, like you said, you're not on the couch with the pad. And so tell me what happened when you were three years old. Everyone doesn't need to be at that point. And that's OK. Like, let's pick up right where you need to be. Right. I'm going to meet you where you are. and We're going to we're going to get this thing done. What are your goals? Let's reach them. You can reach them. And so the geo that I forgot to tell you, the geo all came from. Um, okay, long story bearable. I told you I was from Kentucky. And so the, my parents' neighbor, I called him Rock Man because he was actually a geologist. And so when he moved in, we just saw all these rocks. And my dad was like, that's going to be rocks all in the neighborhood. I don't know, he's busting. And so I'm like riding my bike one day. And I didn't know what a geologist was. And I was like, what? Why do you have these rocks? And he said, I'm a geologist. So he was like, look at all these rocks. They're beautiful. And I'm like, these rocks are terrible. Why do you have all these rocks? And like a rock bed. <laughs> and so he was like, go through these rocks and find a rock that you like. And it was me and my little friend and we're going through. And it was like a really dull looking rock. And I picked it up and I turned it over and I was like, there's crystals. I think I called them diamonds when I was little. There's diamonds in it. And he was like, those are crystals. That's called a geode. And he was like, isn't that amazing? He said, it looks so dull and plain on the on the outside. But when you crack it and you open it up, it reveals its beauty. And so that has stuck with me. My son has mm. geodes. We have geodes. I just love geodes. And I thought, that's the purpose. Like, that's what I want to do. Like, how many times do we look so dull on the outside? And then we forget so much that's inside of us that we have to offer the world. You just crack us open a little bit and it's mm. like, girl, shine, sis. Yeah. It's there. It's been there. Come on. Come on. It's been there. Oh, my God. Crack it open. Crack it open. Wow. So that's the geo in a nutshell. Wow. <laughs> Man, I forgot my question I was about to ask. Um, I was so... <laughs> Girl, I'm sitting here like, dang. Yeah. yeah. We just had 
had a sermon, yeah. like so, so, literally. So, so, <laughs> I mean, you. How do you handle like? Because obviously, like, <laughs> if you're constantly engaging with certain people who you know different people who need help, obviously, you know, is that is that how mm-hmm. do you manage that weight of taking on somebody else's burden? I guess you could say in terms of them constantly um, venting to you or. Yes. Um, I have found, I've had to talk to people. I'm a therapist with the therapist. Um, so I've had to talk to people before, um, planning things. Like, so I I believe work hard, play hard. Right. So and COVID really, oh my gosh, COVID showed me the part, the importance of that because last year when we weren't able to do anything, it made me want to do things so badly. I missed it. And so we can't always go and take these big trips to Cabo, but um, I'm, I'm making a point on Saturdays, Friday nights or Saturdays, we go do something. So I always have something to look forward to. Um, like last week was my son's birthday. He turned seven. And so we drove to the Gulf Shores for a beach day. And we had people over for a little small cookout Friday, Saturday. We, we did the beach. I was looking forward to that. And I just sat out there. And just played in the sand with them and looked at them in the water. I didn't get in that water. But looked at them <laughs> in the water and it, it was just, I enjoyed it. <laughs> and so being intentional, how you were saying, Mary, about being intentional and in what you do. So for me, I'm able to just release things by mm-hmm. by planning something fun that I enjoy doing. Being outside. Sometimes I just sit outside. I bought a hummingbird feeder. Shout out to the hummingbirds. Google and see wherever you live, there is a hummingbird season. Go get a hummingbird feeder. Because I tell you, I don't know anything about birds, but I do know that I enjoy looking at hummingbirds. I don't know what the deal is with those little birds, but why they just do something to me. I just enjoy looking at them and just the peace that comes from that. But I do believe that there's a sense of peace that comes from being out in nature versus like being, I like the city. Like I'm not far from New Orleans. I love going to New Orleans. I don't get the peace that I get in Mississippi though, in New Orleans. So just being outside, water calms me. I can release prayer. Oh my goodness. Having for me as a Christian, having other Christian women around me um, just to talk to and and, and to get um, food and nourishment for my soul, reading, like all those things really do help. I got a Peloton. I was doing really well on that until I wasn't. So I'm trying to get myself <laughs> back into that. <laughs> so because working out really does help. But I will say, even though I haven't been on the Peloton as much as I need to, a group of us have been playing tennis. So learning something new. I'm the slowest thing on the tennis court. Like I'm not good at all, but I enjoy doing it. So you can teach an old dog new tricks and those things really help too. Awesome. Okay. Well, you, you hit it all around, like from like our previous episodes from just stepping outside your comfort zone, you know, serving people and being intentional, (laughs) you know, finding your purpose. I mean, sheesh. I mean, what else can you (laughs) do? Everything I'm just learning along the way. I'm just learning it. And, you know, I had to be okay with, I still ask myself, what is it that you want to do when you grow up to you? Like I'm working for the DLD. What is it that you want to do? And I think that we'll search You'll spend your whole life. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna change, and it's okay. And I think like we, we've been trained to get out of college. You know, you get out of high school, you go to college, you major in something, and you stick to that. 
But what if you don't? Like, what if there's other alleys and avenues that you can take? And it's okay with your path is not supposed to look like this. It's supposed to look more like trees, like different branches and vines and, and just being okay with that. And for me, like so much of everything about who I am as a Christian, I understand. It took me a while to understand that about my purpose. It was, I would ask God so many times, what is my purpose, God? What is it that you want me to do? What is my purpose? And he reminded me, your purpose is to serve me. How you do that is the thing that you need to ask. Mm -hmm. It's not what your purpose is. You know what your purpose is. It's to serve me. So you need to figure out what, how and what direction are you going to take to serve me. And submitting all this, submitting my will to his, Easier said than done, right? Because I never would have planned for Mississippi. Mississippi's been the biggest blessing in my life. And so that was all a part of the path. Um, and that's all in fulfilling his purpose and glorifying him and everything that I do. And being okay, um, I get it wrong a lot of times, more times than not. I tell people, um, on my worst day, I'm a sinner. And on my best day, I'm a sinner too. But um, <laughs> so that's just part of it. <laughs> that's just part of it. Um, but that that purpose piece, like once I understood that, then like the creativity comes out because our imaginations is big. God's is so much bigger. And when you see that your purpose is glorifying him and like, you're like, well, I'll be a social worker. And, he, and you know, I'll be in Kentucky as a social worker. And he's like, no, you're going to be in Virginia as a social worker. And I'm going to take you to Mississippi as a social worker. And you're going to meet these military spouses because I'm going to connect you with the man who's in the military. And then I'm going to take you to the South where you're going to meet all these people who otherwise you wouldn't have met. Like his vision for our lives is so much bigger than what we could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. So just not limiting ourselves and just being open, everything you know, coming to the master, my prayers, I used to be like this, like, these are my things that I went to happen. I'm going to hold on to them. But when I started like just saying, okay, God, fill me up, like it changed. It really did change things for me. Yes. I know I'm, for, I'm forever saying, God, just shape and mold me into what you want me to be. Like I constantly say that because I mean, like, of course, like we, me and Candace got this podcast, but before we started this, we still like, that's, that's the purpose of our podcast, you know, to, to help others find their purpose and at the same time we're we're still finding our purpose you know so working their pain yes. <laughs> yeah and it goes it goes into like what I was saying about the purpose of being together you know you're saying like we're helping other people to find our purpose as we find it Mary you need Candace just as much as Candace needs Mary just as much as Atia needs Mary and Candace and whoever else listens to this, like we're all in it together. We're all on this trail together and just helping each other. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when you have people to do it with versus having to, having to be made to feel like you have to do it alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I won't be doing this without you, Mary. <laughs> yeah. I know. Same, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. You know, just as as your podcast is, Shine says, just wake up every day. Um, it's just so important, just knowing that you do have a purpose. And it can be a lot of fun or it can be a lot of terror, but it's your choice. You know, you can choose to be angry or you can choose to be happy. So every day, choosing to be happy, choosing to see the good in situations. Um, even if it doesn't look good, there's always something that you can look for. There's always something good in it. And there's always something in, in your day to make you smile and to give you a giggle. I do believe God has a sense of humor. And um, I think we get off track and we start to focus on the negative. 
And then that's when all the issues start to pile on and then you feel alone. And we also know mental health can be so isolating because you feel like you have to keep it to yourself. So it's just, I really want people to know that they're really not alone. Like, even if it's just reaching out to someone on Facebook or Messenger or just saying, hey, come have coffee with me, go take a walk. You're not alone. There is always someone in your corner. And sometimes they're the people who you least expected who will have your back when, when you need it. So that's all for me. Well, we really appreciate having you on today. Yes, yes. We have to have to you us. back on. If you're willing, <laughs> we have to have you back on. I Absolutely. Mean, I have enjoyed this. And like I said, I took my hair out because I just could not figure out how I could go to work and not. So I promise okay. if y'all invite me back on, my brains will be <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but thank you for you. We got you. We got you. I'll be like, Tessie, my hair pulling is tomorrow. I'm good for the next day. <laughs> But I have enjoyed this. Keep doing oh, what man. you all are doing. This, this matters. Um, it means a lot. And I think about even for me, the fact that you have mental health workers on, who we can share what we do and the joy of what we do. That's amazing. So thank you for being that avenue for us. That means a lot. And I'm proud of you, too. I know we just met, but I'm really proud of you, too, and what you're doing. Thank it, you. It's, 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 it's noticed and it's needed. So thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That that means a lot. It to does. Us. <laughs> Keeps us motivated and pushing and working hard to, you know, complete these episodes weekly. So we yes. definitely appreciate that. <laughs> yes. No problem. Mm-hmm. Anything I can do to help on my end, let me know. I mean that. Okay. So we usually end with the affirmation. Would you like to join in with us? Absolutely. All right. It's a short, quick one. All right. So. Go ahead and start it, Candice. <laughs> All right. I am enough. I have the power to create the life I desire. I have the power to create the life I desire. I am worthy of my dreams. I am worthy of my dreams. I am worthy of my dreams. Yes, I am worthy of my dreams. That's real. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks again, Atia. And we definitely will be hitting you up to... um, Come do another episode with us because we got so exactly. much more to talk about. We just got un- unload. <laughs> this is fun. I enjoyed you too. Y'all gave me something to look forward to. So you two were my self care, and and you fulfilled everything that I needed for a Tuesday night. So thank oh. you for having me, and I'm excited to talk with y'all and get to know you some more too. And remember, shine, sis. Shine, you got this. Sis. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> thank y'all. <laughs>